It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans and cats that are prowling around me as we welcome you to Lax Class 136. I had to do double take there. 136 Ooh. episodes of Lacrosse Classified. Jake Elliott, Brad Schellner with you right here on the home of Lax Class Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. As uh, we record, we hit the record button on a rainy Monday afternoon here. Brad Pod comes out on Tuesday. Lots to talk about this week. We'll, uh, we'll run down the lineup here in mere moments. Uh, I know you just returned from a little family camping trip over to the island. A uh, couple of wet kids in the car and a whole bunch of mess. Uh, how did things go camping, man? Have you cleaned out the, the ride yet? Glad to be back with a roof over my head. Glad to be back with uh, a shower and some deodorant. And... So you weren't glamping, like you were actually camping. Like this was. No, we were out there. Okay. We were we were out there. Some people might consider it. You know, we're we're not as hardcore as some people, but you know, we're on we're on a tent, sleeping inches off the ground. Car camping, they call it. Okay. So no trailer, but sleeping in a tent. And yeah, it was pissing rain literally the entire. Time. I like, felt bad. So, like, I was mud, thinking about you the whole plastic. time. Like, oh man, bad, bad weather for camping for Bradley. But we were able to get a paddleboard in and a canoe ride in and a couple hikes and like the kids had no, the kids had no idea. So yeah. I'm sitting around the fire, shivering at night, going, okay, well the kids had a good day. So that's really all that matters yeah. at the end of the day. Shake the city off, as they say, a little adversity. And you had and bourbon then, to keep you warm at at night. I'm I'm guessing, right? Like. Actually, I didn't go bourbon because I didn't want to be. This is my, this is my strategy going in. When you're going camping, and drinking for it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Mm, yes. So I was straight Coors Light all weekend because that's the only beer that doesn't really give me like clean beer like that doesn't give me a hangover. Blue Mountain. And when you're waking up at 4:45 a.m. outside in the rain with kids, you don't want to be no. exactly hungover. So I hung up the bourbon and it was straight Coors Light and White Claws all weekend to ah, keep it clean. White Claws. You yeah. spring right out of bed and get ready to go. Something I've never really indulged in is the White Claws yet. I haven't experienced the White Claws yet. Oh, well, uh, you're missing out, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's mystery alcohol. Like, they don't specify on the can what it is. They haven't. Maybe that's why. That it's it says alcohol on the side. So I don't know if it's rubbing alcohol, but <laughs> black cherry, lime. Uncle Jesse's get... moonshine back at the Duke exactly. farm. Yeah, man. Uh, well, that's good. I'm glad you made it back safe and sound as uh, we get set for, for another big episode here. And and as we mentioned last week, with 10 new NLL Hall of Famers fresh off the press, we decided to put Lacrosse the Nation on hiatus for the next two and a half months or so as uh, we got 10 more legends of the game to talk to. And we got one ready to go for this week. It's a little dicey as, uh, as I reached out to, to a couple guys and didn't get a reply, which I'm a little put off by. But Pat McCready was good enough to reply very quickly, and I'm really looking forward to this. I've cast a vote for one Patrick McCready, and he's going to join us here in quarter two as Calls to the Hall is back. 
Quarter number four, we got our Stampede Stallion. Quarter three, we got Quick Sticks. And up here in quarter number one, we got the Big Focus. Should we just get right into the Big Focus, Brad? I think we should. Plunge in. Big Focus time. Big Focus. Big Focus. Focus. Another than the Big Focus. Focus. Big Focus. Big focus this week, Brad, and uh, some news coming out of the National Lacrosse League head offices that, uh, well, we got some dates to look ahead to in, in the not-too-distant future here, and one really is, I want to say today, as June 15th, all general managers are required to have in their protection list for the upcoming expansion draft as Panther City will make their selections on June 29th. So all teams must protect five forwards, five D slash tranny, and a goaltender here. And Panther City is going to make 13 selections from what's out there with teams left unprotected. I... I don't know. Like, what do you want to do? You want to like speculate on who do you think teams are going to protect, or maybe who Panther City is going to take? What do you think here? I feel, I feel like this all came out very unceremoniously this week. A little, little quick, like cut, like a little, little bit of a little stray and then huck. Boom, like, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and we're we're a couple of days away from this, so I like, you know, I don't think we can speculate because we really have. I don't even know who's under contract on most of these teams. Like, that's how it's sort of <laughs> yeah, sparse. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, the info has been right. Like, yeah, I could. I'd love to do one up for what I would think Vancouver would do or another team would do, but I don't know who's under contract. And yeah, traditionally you're not protecting your UFAs because you don't need to unless you're going to franchise them. Um, so I don't know who's out there. You know, and it's been so it's been so crazy. And like, yeah, I, don't, you're right. I don't know the rules on. Do you have to protect the guys you drafted last year that have never played before? Like some teams are going to have what Two 30 years. people, 31, yeah. 31 players on the roster by the end of the month. Like it's going to be, it's busy. It's busy. So I think the best thing we can kind of do is just look at this. I think the biggest news was, um, yeah, next week we'll debate who's not on these lists and then kind of have more information. Yeah, but fair like, enough. Beforehand, I don't freaking know, man, and I don't know unless you're turning over rosters and know everybody's contract status is, I don't know who can right now. Yeah, and I don't know who knows that information except maybe Brian Lemon and, and the people. You know, maybe Evan, maybe that's, Evan might maybe that's uh, the story have a document line. or maybe, something. Maybe yeah. that's the storyline. It's something we've been fighting on here and talking about for a long time, Jumbo. Is okay. It would be nice to have a list like that somewhere, to have contracts. A living document of live players' contracts status. Yeah, we don't need to see. You don't need to see dollar amounts. Like, no, I, just I'm their status. Confidential. Right? Just know how many years they're locked down. Are they going to be an RFA, UFA? Are they franchise? Is there, they, is there an yeah. offer out? Like, what's happening? Because we really were in the dark with a lot of this stuff. We're trying to study over the summertime. I don't know what rosters are going to look like this this winter. It's going to be. All over the place. And it's funny even going back to see, you know, trades that were made, like Kyle Killen in Vancouver, for example. Like, you forget that they traded for Kyle Killen and that he's going to be a Vancouver yeah. Warrior. Yeah. Um, but that trade was like, you know, a year, like last summer, and he never got to play this year. So <laughs> there's a lot I know, of there's a bunch of, like, uh, you know, John. Seal. Well, Reese Dutch is a seal, but he's probably a UFA. And, no, he is now because, well, I don't want to get into it, but uh, I actually got a little message from Dutchy the other night, and I won't say what what, what it composed of, but uh, I can tell you that Reese Dutch is 
a UFA. I can tell you that much. So, yeah, with that being said, it's a roster that managers have to put in there. 5-5-1 five, five, and one by tomorrow. Expansion draft goes down June 29th. Then... NLL members will have to reduce their entire rosters to a maximum of 31 players by June 30th at noon Eastern as the entry draft selection has been announced as well. And if I'm Panther City, knowing that you have the number one overall pick in the entry draft, which is probably going to be an offensive stud, and you get to select 13 bodies from these teams, I'm probably going to keep it pretty balanced like I, I i don't know i probably start with the the best available goaltender and then just do like 6d and 70 or 70 and 6d so you got some balance in a goalie and then and then worry about your entry draft yeah it's a wise strategy like you gotta you have to lock up a keeper we see what happens to teams when you don't have that that bonafide number one so and and you know, some teams have a couple some depth at goal at goaltending so I think they should be able to get themselves a good piece there. Forget this is the first expansion team we've seen in a while that's coming in by themselves, so they're yeah. not fighting with yeah. with anybody else. So they're going to get a real good I, shot yeah. to build a nice little roster here. And that's the plan, right? From Commissioner Nick Skevich moving forward, he said he that's one per year sort of thing. So so teams aren't battling each other in the. Entry and expansion. So round one looks like this. Fort Worth is up first. Georgia gets the the second overall pick from the Riptide. Buffalo comes in at number three from that trade that they made with Rochester. Then Vancouver at number four. San Diego, Calgary. Saskatchewan goes back to back from Colorado, from Philadelphia. Saskatchewan with three first round picks. Georgia, Philadelphia, Georgia again. So Georgia with three as well. Halifax, Saskatchewan, Buffalo gets Albany's first round pick. Uh, date to be determined. It's but- silly. It, it doesn't matter what draft it is. It doesn't matter if it's been a pandemic year. Georgia and Saskatchewan still wind picks, up with picks, three picks, picks, no matter picks. what draft it's going to be. Arlotta and Keenan love their picks. They do. Um, and Great for teams like Vancouver, San Diego, and Calgary that are going to get top six picks in a, in a pretty deep, heavy first round without playing a game last year. That's nice. Um, Georgia leaps up to two. Was that what deal was that? Was it the Leo Sturis? Sturis, yeah. Deal? I believe that's the Sturis deal. Uh, I'm not positive on that, but I'm pretty sure. Buffalo at number three from Rochester. That's the Gilray deal. I've, the Gilray if, deal yeah. from last year. So a couple of teams trading up there. But yeah, Vancouver, I tweeted this out this week. Since the NLL came back to Vancouver in 2013, 2014, never had they have first-round picks in back-to-back years. They rarely had a first-round <laughs> pick. So anyway, it's documented well. But not two years in a row have the Van- has an NLL team from Vancouver had, had back-to-back picks until now. So they get Reed Bowering at two last year and a great chance to build with the number four pick this year. What do you and, think they do the- at, at four, Brad? Offense, defense, goalie, transition? Well, is there a goalie that's going to go as high as four? Probably out not. There right but I got to put it in there for the goalie union. Like I can't disrespect those guys. It's it's gonna be a top heavy O. You know, you've got Don Donville, you've got Charlotte Beatties, you've got Nanacoke, um, but you've also got a, a homemade defender and a new Westminster boy in Patrick mm. Shooting. Yeah, I remember right. there was like some discussion whether he was gonna be in the draft last year or not. I think got deemed ineligible quite late. So you know he was gonna get drafted last year, you know he's gonna be a high pick this year. 
Yeah, he'll be. He's. I think he might be the best defender available in the draft. So I think the Warriors, might be. you don't. You can't, you can't get. You can't go wrong building out of the back end. They need some youth there with that mix of. Again, I don't know who's under contract right now for some of the older players like your Macintoshes and your and your Bilicis and, and Midskis and guys we haven't really even seen much of yet. And they Bilicis. That all. When <laughs> Is that the plural of Bilicis? Bilicis. Bilicis. By the way, I I can't remember who it was that, that trotted out the tweet about Vancouver running the same roster out there again and things need to change and all the rest of it. And you kind of replied, yeah, like we haven't seen Kyle. You didn't even mention Belichi or Brett Midsky being <laughs> like that back end's gonna look a little different in Vancouver this upcoming season You're as Mac well. And talk. Yeah, it just like, it's gonna look. But you had Shumay, who is he's a heady lacrosse player. He's like a six-four freak athlete. He was also a high school quarterback, so yeah. he's got some brains there. Uh, I think if I'm a betting man, I'm looking at that back end for. For Vancouver at four, but but okay. it's a draft. Anything can happen. Yeah. So no, like doesn't look like Toronto has a first rounder, um, and that's not all that uncommon for them. And, and similar to Vancouver, like those guys are always going to attract UFAs to come home, so they don't worry about their picks as much, maybe as much as other teams do, because they'll always have that luxury of guys wanting to come back to Toronto and, and play. Like, but. Who does Georgia take at two that could even make that team? You know, like they're, they're so deep from their draft picks last year that we haven't seen yet. Like they've yeah. got Ethan Walker and Jeff Henrik. Anacoke, maybe. I mean, Randy Stott's going down to injury and his contract status with the Swarm has been up in the air. Like, I don't know if he's re-signed. I don't even know if he was going to re-sign in Georgia if he was healthy. I don't know if they were going to try and re-sign him. Like, I don't know. Something was amiss there with, with Stats in Georgia. And now he's hurt. He got hurt at PLL training camp. So maybe a, a little hole to fill, maybe a big hole to fill. On the right Lyle side. and Nanako, that would be magic. Not that it wasn't magic with the best one-two punch, I think, in the league with Randy and Lyle, but yeah. if, if Randy's out and you put Tahoga in there, look out. Yeah, scary stuff. So, and look... Chugger uh, loves his deals, man. Chugger loves to get high draft picks, and he's done it a lot over the years, and he's gotten a, a solid team that ends up picking number three again, which is, which is pretty special. Yeah, no, it's going to be real interesting to watch. Uh, to be determined on the the entry draft date, but we know the expansion draft is the 29th. Protection list come in on the 15th for the expansion draft protection or the roster sizes. 31 players maximum have to be down to that number by June 30th, and I would expect the entry draft to be coming up shortly Thereafter, and uh, it's going to be a fun night. I expect it all to be virtual once again here, Brad, and I would expect the same cast of characters to be handling the duties once again as well. So we'll look forward to all of that. And we're going to look forward to quarter number two because we got NLL Hall of Famer Pat McCready on the other side. Stick around, Lacrosse Classified, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is NLL Hall of Famer Sean Williams, and you're listening to Last Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class. Into the second quarter we go, working our way to halftime as we put lacrosse the nation on hold for, for the next little while here as we have 10 new NLL Hall of Famers to talk to. As we begin with one, Patrick McCready. Patty McCready on the podcast. Pat, how are you? 
Good, fellas. Thanks. Uh, thanks very much for having me in today. Just uh, trying to weather the storm like everybody else. Yes, weather the well, storm indeed. Congratulations. I'm sure the last couple of weeks have been a little wild for you, but just, uh, you know, take us through when you got the news uh, and how you've been how you've been celebrating and, and what kind of uh, excitement has been surrounding it the last week or so for you. Your phone's blowing up already. Yeah, I apologize, fellas. I <laughs> no, apologize. No, no. Uh, hey, okay. we, we're uh, we're going we're gonna to try to get back to a return to play here, so we're trying to get that all set up uh, in St. Catharines. Um, no, it, what happened was uh, I got the news. Um, the NLL called me, uh, Brian Lemon, and uh, I was more than surprised. And then I heard kind of who I was up against. So uh, I said, well, thank you for the nomination, but uh, probably won't be getting nominated then. And, uh, and uh, I thanked them anyways. And then uh, a little bit of time went by and uh, Mikey French there, uh, who has some ties to me down in the Niagara area. He gave me a call and uh, yeah, I said I got in. So yeah, it was a nice surprise. And then uh, yeah, the phone did blow up a little bit and just kind of, you kind of lose touch with all the fellows and then, uh, Got to hear from everybody, so it was a good reunion. I'm glad it happened. Well, you got uh, you got my vote, Patty. Just just so you know. So uh, if you want to thank anybody, you can thank this guy right here for for getting you. Thank you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember I remember being a young kid uh, coming coming out of junior, and I was carrying some weight. I was like, you know, two oh five. You know, thought I was okay, and then I get out west to play with North Shore, and uh, I see the guys like you running around. Oh come like, on! I, I'm a little kid out here. <laughs> Man, I had forgotten that you'd come out to North Shore, man. That was a long time. And we go back, I'm starting starting to look at your career here. 1996, drafted by the Charlotte Cobra. The long forgot. Remember the Cobras here. Tell me about your rookie year in the National Crossing and what you remember from those days. So I, I don't want I don't want to speak myself up here or anything. I, I wasn't even drafted. <laughs> oh, okay. I, uh, okay. How about that right there, Pat? Like that is an amazing to become an NLL Hall of Famer and not be even drafted. That that's pretty special. Yeah, back back then it was when the the monster truck guys were still running the league. So uh, you could only have so many Canadians on each team. Right, so right. I went out with Buffalo and. Uh, I, th- I think it came down to me and Mike Hayes. And so I, uh, I was the one that got the ax coming out of junior. I was more of a defensive guy with the Woody. So uh, Johnny Meridian said, Hey, there's a spot down in Charlotte if you want it. And uh, I was like, no, Johnny, I'm in school. And then I was taking a, a particularly boring class in sociology and I shut up the books and I used the old payphone cause we didn't have cell phones and uh <laughs> said i'm going i'm going johnny if the spot's still there so awesome uh, that's and what was it like down in charlotte like playing for that like who who were some of the guys on that team and and what was the atmosphere right like around charlotte so they were unbelievable it was it was great we played in the uh, charlotte checkers arena and we actually had a pretty good crowd out but uh we didn't we didn't perform we went like zero and ten that year so the crowd started dying (laughs) yeah yeah That'll happen. Uh, but we had we had uh, Batesy from Philly. Uh, we had uh, Dwight Mackey and that. We okay. had Russ Hurd. Oh, Todd Todd Katancha. Oh yes, a couple of BC yeah. boys indeed. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, there was another guy, another few guys, uh, another guy playing the league, Oglesby for a while. And uh, yeah, so it was it was a bit of a battle, but it was it was great playing down there. Great, one of the nicest uh, U.S. cities I've ever been to. And do you place. lead that you lead that team in scoring that year? 10 Gino uh, or 14 you had that in 10 14, games 25. 
yeah, there wasn't. Uh, I couldn't say that too often, but I, I think I think I, I think I own that. Chugger might Chugger might have let one in five hole uh, or last game against Rochester for me or something. <laughs> well, a career that that spans from '96 all the way to 2012 and and kind of split between the Buffalo Bandits and the Rochester Nighthawks. And I think like Nighthawk fans want to claim you as as a a Nighthawk, and Bandit fans want to say that you're a bit like where do you which like if you were gonna go in as a, a member of one of those two teams, Pat, would could you pick? being a bandit or a nighthawk it's it's tough like and i think and just to say this too i think the only reason i really had any success was because the teams i played on like those those guys every team i played on we were always competing for the championship and uh just kind of let me do my thing and it was amazing to be on good teams like that all along like you can't i couldn't say enough about those guys and uh, i started off in charlotte kind of cut my teeth there but then when i went to buffalo um I think that's kind of, you know, it takes you a while to get going in the league. And that's kind of where I, I kind of had a good go. And, uh, and, and we had never had more fun than playing in Buffalo. Like it's, it's almost like cult following there, the fans and then the guys on the team, like it was, uh, yeah, there, there was some stories from, from, from those days too, buddy. So we had, we had a blast there. So, and then went back to, to Roch to finish it off with my nephew. So that was special too, but between the two, it's hard to say, but I guess Kurt moved the team down to Halifax. Yeah. So I don't that know. That seals maybe. it up for you, right? Bandit, bandit landed. Yeah. Bandit landed is. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Defensive player of the year, Pat, in, in 2011, deep into your career. Like, um, you know, were you always one of the, and, and one thing that we always find, you know, super um, unique about this sport is that, you know, guys do have success in later stages of the career. And we talk about a lot for offensive players because the game slows down for Colin Doyle and Dan Dawson and those guys, right? But what's it like, you know, winning the defensive players a year as a 37-year-old D guy at the time? Like, were you always a guy who took fitness as a big priority or what was so special about uh, 2011 for you? Yeah, you know what? Fitness has always been uh, been huge for me. There was an NHL guy that lived in my neighborhood and I remember uh, his name was Miller. I remember seeing him running when I was a kid and I was always like, oh, look at the work that guy's putting in. And then I went out to a Six Nations practice my last year junior and watched uh, Shanahan's brother there, who was uh, with the Red Wings at the time. And Brandon, yeah. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and, it, and he was out running a lot of the guys on, in that practice. And, I mean, it was the Gates, Tavares, and everybody. So that really stuck with me. And then I had a guy, uh, Jay McLean, who's an Olympic trainer. He, I grew up with him, and uh, he helped me kind of get the legs, you know, the legs, legs feed the wolves. And uh, – I was lucky enough to kind of play long enough and, and I attribute it to, yeah, get, getting the workouts in. And, and, and then you, you said about the old guys being smarter. Well, as a D guy uh, that year, I was smarter too. I just took the low spot on the crease. I didn't move from there. <laughs> and I made Sid Smith, uh, who was on my side, he was a yeah. nice young guy, go yeah. through the, the down pressure and then I just clean up the mess. So, um, yeah, you get you, you kind of work with what you got, right? Absolutely. As we speak with NLL Hall of Famer Pat McCready, and and I would say Pat, like longevity and and health played a big part in, in getting you into the Hall of Fame as well. Like I look at your your numbers here in games played, and it looked like you're in the lineup pretty much every single night, and and to eclipse the 200 game mark in the NLL is a feat and a half, and and you're halfway to 300, 250 career total. How did you manage to stay so healthy and play the type of game that you did, which, you know, you didn't shy away from the physical stuff at all. 
No, I had to, I had to, I had to duck the super heavyweights like you every now and again, but, uh, <laughs> the, uh, no, it just, uh, you know, I just got lucky. I mean, I played through some injuries too. I broke my hand. I remember in the finals in, uh, 97, had to get a screw put in that and we had to finish the game cause we didn't, we weren't allowed to dress spares. So playing with a broken hand out there and, uh, I remember the guys thought that funny. They were throwing me the ball to see if I could catch in the middle of the game, Paul Gate and stuff. And then I blew my shoulder uh, fighting the lefty the one time. I tried to cross-grab him and uh, had a good shoulder injury from that. So uh, it didn't go without – I didn't get through, like, quite clean. But, um, yeah, I was I was pretty lucky. No, no knee injuries, knock on wood or anything like that. So just, yeah, just trying to put the work in. You know, you go to work uh, – your day job, you come home, you, you try to get a workout in or otherwise you're going to get beat up on the weekend. So it's good motivation. So Talk about that uh, that season and a half, two years you had with with your nephew, Joel McCready. Pat, we see it a lot, a lot of brothers in the National Lacrosse League, but not a lot of multi-generation uh, families getting it done at the same time. How special was that? I see a lot of similarities in the way you guys play, but what was it like uh, being in the lineup with, with Joel at the time? Yeah, you know, um, for us, for us family, it, it is really generational. My, my dad was a, a Hall of Fame goaltender in Canada, yeah. And he kind of changed the game. I think he has more points than me, actually, as a goalie. <laughs> probably more. Probably more That's a tough soak. Too. That's a tough soak right there. Yeah, it is. It is tough stat. And uh, um, so, yeah, so he, he coached in the NLL with me in Rochester and then in uh, Buffalo in 07 as a goalie coach just before he died. So... I got to spend time with him and then uh toronto traded me i think for for a couple of whatever first rounders or something went to toronto for a year we lost in the final and then uh it came out that i was a free agent so my nephew was down the road in rochester and didn't want to pass that up at all so we got, we got to play with him and i i'd never uh never never thought i made a wrong decision for a moment that that, that guy he's like uh He's like another brother to me, Joel, and uh, I love the kid, and I'm so so happy we got to share some time together. What number was he wearing in, in Roch if you had number 10 on? Because I know, like, he, he he likes number 10. So what was he wearing that year? Do you remember? I think he had, I think he had like, four. Like, I think he was going for some sort of 10-4 thing or something. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, he, he went to four, and then he kind of changed uh, up a few a few times since, but. Yeah, it was uh, it was good. It's just it, it, you can't you can't imagine imagine that playing with your nephew, you know. And I, I, I was like his godfather, you know. Like, yeah, and like I think his last year in Roch, he was living in Vancouver and flying to Rochester almost every weekend. And like I did that flight once when I was with the Stealth, and my God, like I don't know how. He was able to do that. That's super taxing travel day, and he was doing it on the reg, which is dedication personified. Yeah, it was. I remember we we had uh, the year in Toronto when we lost in the final to the South. We we had a nightmare travel day the day before, and uh, like it it takes its toll on you for sure. Like I don't know, I don't know how the guys do it, and I think that's the big thing with lacrosse players and what, what I admire guys so much is is how much they give up to, to play the game, whether it's, you know, driving in the summertime three hours for your home games or, you know, or, or flying all across the country to, to go play in the NLL. Just uh, it's, it's, it's pretty, it takes a toll on you, but you do it for the love of the game. So I admire guys so much. 
see you wearing your uh, well, this is audio only, but for people listening, you're rocking proudly your St. Catharines Athletics hat right now. What's your what's your connection to the game these days? Are you, are you coaching anywhere? Are you involved? I helped out a little bit with the uh, the A's, the junior A's, uh, coaching a little bit, but then uh, believe it or not, right now I'm uh, I've made the uh, transition to girls field lacrosse. Love so, it, love it. Yeah, I've got two girls, uh, a 2008 and a 2011, so. Uh, we're bringing box across out to the field. So hey, yeah, man. I had a little, well, I was just going to say like, you know, you look at guys like Gilly and, and Stroopy and, and all these guys like lacrosse players tend to have girls for kids. And I, and I think it's that way so they can help build the sport for girls lacrosse. Like I honestly feel like, like guys that play lacrosse are destined to have girls as kids so they can start to fill up girls lacrosse. Yeah, one one of the old wise guys said that's payback too, but I don't know what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> now you do. Now you know. You do know what he means, Pat. Don't kid yourself. You do know. That's very that's very. Yeah, I mean, uh, storied NLL career here, but uh, and a fabulous summer career as well. Man, cop presence, cop like, what what sticks out to you most as far as championships go, Pat? Do you have one that's that tops the rest? Uh, there was there's like I think two I'd have to go with. Um, the one in in 08 in Buffalo when we finally did it because we had a lot of we had a lot of kicks at the can. Um, my my old man I mentioned he died in 07, so I was kind of uh, I was kind of I was motivated that year for sure. Um, kind of kind of getting into a lot of stuff. Uh, I hear you. I was playing then. I hear you. And, and then uh, yeah, and then and then 2012, um, we had kind of a rough year. Um, but I was able to get the cup and uh, at home and, and and kind of walk away from the game. So it was a good ending for for that for that for that as well. So and both my kids were born in those years. Awesome. So probably should. Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably should have had more kids. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Pat McCready, um, you saw the ballot. You knew who was on the ballot. Um, anybody not on the ballot or on that ballot that you think should be in the National the National Lacrosse League uh, Hall of Fame going down the road here? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't even I, I can't even like begin to start with. But I remember Charter when he got he got nominated. Steve Dietrich uh, he mentioned Dewey Jacobs. I think that that was one guy that we played with. If you played against him, you you remember him. So sick. Um, yeah. And then and and then all those other guys like all the twenty guys they're they're all Hall of Famers so it's just you know what I mean it's just whatever well pick you get uh, in. pick what give yeah. me one Patty that that didn't get in this time around that you think will get in next year Billy Oof. D Glenn Clark uh, maybe a, an old guy that that lit you up uh, from time to time yeah and that and that's the thing eh? like all those old guys lit me up like it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> just one right they're Hall um, of Famers man. They're, they're all Hall of Famers, you know, and then like, and then like, I, I like, I don't even know, like any one of those guys, I can't even, I can't even narrow that down. Like, yeah. They're just. Well, I mean, this year's just, class was so ridiculous with Doyle and Junior and Willie. Like, I mean, it's like those guys just kind of rise above the rest, but uh, man. Yeah, you, and you know, you knew all along they were going. Like, yeah. It's crazy, right? I'm just lucky to be in that, you know? Well, it looks good on you, Pat McCready, man. I'm I'm super pumped that uh, that you got in, and I'm super happy that uh, you made a little time for us here on Lax Class. It was great to catch up and, and hear some old stories from your playing career, and hopefully, uh, when when things get back to like I know St. Catherine's supposed to host the Minto Cup, like 
last year or the year before it's all kind of blending in i don't know what what's the plan is that still going to happen once once we get back to to playing for the minto is st kitts gonna be the city yeah i think i think it is but um stevie stevie toll who's the head coach and ruble um they had they had a really good squad built they had, it was kind of built for that year right yeah um so all those kids moved on so I think they'll just kind of, you know, take another shot at it. But I think, I think the plan is that it's going to be hosted in St. Catharines when it comes around again. So just, uh, just hopefully this big, uh, big dark cloud passes and you know, we all get back to the game we love, right? No doubt so. about it, man. I uh, really appreciate your time, Pat. Congratulations on a, a fabulous National Lacrosse League career and, and welcome to the Hall of Fame, my friend. Thanks, Jake. And just let me say, uh, if you don't mind, uh, just a good big shout out to all the, uh, uh, first responders and, and medical people who have done a great job through this this whole thing and kept us going. So thanks, thanks 100%. everybody. Yeah, well said. Right you're, police, you're a police officer, right, Pat? I am. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, you. I'll give you one thank of those then. Us, to you, the big salute, and thanks for keeping everybody uh, keeping everybody safe. And congratulations once again. Thanks, fellas. Take care. Eh? All right, chat. Pat. Great chatting with you. Yeah, you too. Well, there you go, Brad. Uh, another call to the hall. Man, I, like, I kind of miss that. Not No disrespect to Lacrosse Nation, which has been great, but, man, do I love talking to NLL legends, Hall of Famers, and a uh, great one to start with there, Pat McCready. Well, it's going to be fun getting all these fresh guys because they're they're excited. A little and, more current, you know, they've been, right? Yeah, they've only been current. When you're not – some of these guys, um, you know, we were doing a little bit of homework on, but, like, we've seen all these guys play, and in some cases you played against them. Yeah, so. like, I had forgotten all about McCready coming out with North Shore back in the, the late night. I'd forgotten all about that, man. I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did. Like I made it. I'm glad I made an impact on him. Like he remembered me, Brad. That, that, you see, you know, six foot five, three twenty. Hey, Pat, Mc, Pat McCready remembered me. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. And man, like I like I got all day for Pat McCready and the way he played the game. Like as honest as he as he came. Like you know what I mean. He he was. He was a little nasty at times, but never shy to, to answer the bell if, if he crossed the line. Like, he, he knew that he was going to have to do that from time to time, the way he played the game. But the ultimate leader, the ultimate competitor, and, man, what a pro and what a career. Yeah, sandpaper, nails, uh, longevity, like you said, and, and just, just an absolute beauty. The will to win on that guy and the mm. motor. And it emulates, into, like, just even talking to talk and see his mannerisms there like he's he's joel mccready is pat mccready personified yeah. and you know again great guy but but sandpaper and nails and will do anything for his team to win a lacrosse game at either end of the floor and guys like that we've got all day for absolutely and uh nice little scoring touch on him as well looking at his numbers like uh could put definitely put the ball in the net totally. during his playing playing days as well. Great conversation there with Pat McCree. Welcome to the Hall of Fame, my man. And uh, we'll have another Hall of Famer lined up for you next week. We gotta decide who we, we want to go after here, Brad. So we'll talk about that after the program is done. But before we get to make Brad, you gotta let us know who that call to the hall is brought to you by. Our good friends at Stampede and Tack out there in Cloverdale at the corner of 180th and Highway 10. Stampede and Tack, all about the classics, much like guys like Pat McCready. And there isn't anything more classic than the Stormrider jacket. Could have used that this weekend. Could have used that this weekend, Brad. Stormrider out there camping. 
Storm Rider jackets are lined jean jackets with corduroy collars, and they feature the classic Storm Rider styling that has become one of the most popular jean jackets of all time. You know it if you've seen it on TV and movies. That's what cowboys are rocking. Uh, this jean jacket is perfect for year-round use, but especially in summer for camping and sitting around the campfire telling stories about lacrosse. There you go. Or anything. Uh, new, to, new, season of, uh, new season of... New season of... Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And costume Massive likes... If you are not caught up yet, massive cliffhanger to come. Honestly, like, I can't even name another jean jacket. Storm Rider is the jean jacket as far as I'm concerned. I'm pretty sure that's what Kevin Costner wears in Yellowstone. So if that's not in inspiration for you enough to get out there to Stampede Tack in Cloverdale, uh, get yourself a Storm Rider. They've been there since 1966. Stampede.ca, Brad, we're shopping online. Still shopping local. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well done to you and to Stampede Tack. Uh, Pat McCready, that was great. Let's get the break, Brad. Halftime and then quick sticks. Lax Glass back after this. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is the Executive Director of the PLPA and Ford for the Toronto Rock, Reed Reinhold. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Back on Lax Class, second half action is now underway here on EP 136. Jake Kelly, Brad Chalner, and Associated Labels and Packaging with you as well. At AssociatedLP.com or at AssociatedLP as in labels and packaging on social media. Love their, their social media game there at Associated Labels and Packaging. Always cranking out fresh content, new techniques and deals and strategies and all sorts of stuff going on down there in Coquitlam. Over 40 years, family-owned, ethics, quality, all of it at Associated Labels and Packaging. We thank them for their continued support. Need a label, need a package, get at our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. Quick sticks here in quarter number three, Brad. Uh, we got a bunch, so let's get going here. And we've been talking about this on this show for months now and people are finally starting to catch on and especially our, our guy over there at global news and jay jano or double j the hammer making making waves out on the tugboat once again a little news feature there on tyrell hamer jackson yeah the, the log Kid's a star. We, he's just he's a he's a tiktok sensation uh he's a face-off specialist fighting to make an nll roster this winter and yeah, now he's on global TV. Like he's, and we talked about, it, he's in the best shape of his life. He's running clinics. He's working all day on tugboats. He's in some sort of freak shape that no one in the league is. Um, the kid's a pit bull, and I can't wait to see him taking draws in the National Lacrosse League. Let's go. 11 million views. It's <laughs> just nuts. Okay. Uh, bad news here, but predictable, I would say. Minto, Prezi. Kyle Cup uh, all canceled here by the CLA. This is not surprising news. It's just official now. So no Junior A, no Senior B, and no U19 Women's Championships this summer. 
But some good news coming out of World Lacrosse, Brad. I don't know if you saw this or not, but a massive hurdle has been leapt over by World Lacrosse as the board for the IOC has given them recognition. One more hurdle to clear here to get granted access into the Olympics. And and putting the the Iroquois stuff aside here for the time being, we'll see how all that kind of plays out still. But... Definitely heading down the right road here as far as getting lacrosse into the Olympics, which I think at the end of the day, everybody wants to see. Yeah, and they've done their due diligence over this the last few years. Like, it's nice to see the brain trust get together and go, you know what, we need to change the game if we want it to be in the Olympics. We can't fight for traditional box or traditional field. We need to make a hybrid that as many countries in the world can participate in. And we haven't even seen it, so let's not critique what sixes is going to look like yet. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And if that's what it's going to take to get to the Olympics and, and just get people picking up sticks, then it's going to make it all it's going to make it all worth it. No doubt. Uh, man, I, I don't know if you saw this, Brad. Like, Yale and Joe Sai, who owns San Diego Seals and is in on Vegas as well, also uh, a Yale alum and heavily connected to that lacrosse program, Built me a little uh, little field house there at Yale. I don't know if you got a chance to, to see that little shack that uh, Josiah and, and company put up over there at Yale. <laughs> Holy shit. This thing. Yeah. Like, my God. You have to get into that school. Least, uh, I might see if it's not if it's not too late. Have a look. Uh, I retweeted this. Just incredible. Like, absolutely. Yeah. State of the art. Everything. <laughs> Crazy, Joe Sai. It's the recruitment video. Yeah, all you gotta do is, all you gotta do is roll, and every kid in the world uh, that has the grades will be salivating to to be a part of that. Where lacrosse is the number one focus, unreal. And Joe Sai's done done wonders for the game in the last in the last few few years. Absolutely, indoors, gotcha. outdoors, so, wherever. So Yale and, and Joe Sai have that for for their recruiting. Syracuse, uh, they can just like knock on your door, and when you open it, you're going to see Dave Petromala and Gary Gates standing in your door. <laughs> How do you say no to that? Petro and Gary Gate are going to be coaching Syracuse men's lacrosse team. Like they've are they're already a wagon. So I don't like. Every kid on the eastern seaboard is going to be wanting to wear Syracuse orange, I would guess. And that's pretty special that those two are together, who they have the most heated rivalry in their playing days. Now they're behind a bench together. Yeah. They got Hopkins. You got Junior over at Hopkins. Like, it's getting wild in in, in NC2A. And well, who who do you want to play for? Uh, Hall of Fame legends everywhere right now. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And uh, well, the Orange need it, man. They've had some yeah. – they've been drugged through the mud this year. They so do. So they, they, they need that. They need that shit. Um, I got this down, Brad, and, and this might catch you a little off surprise. But I saw so, – well, first of all, I saw Brampton, uh, a story coming out of our, our, our favorite city, Brampton. Uh, they're, they're trying to take the only outdoor box away in Brampton and turn this thing into like a multi-court, multi-use, pickleball, all the rest of it. Legendary box there in Brampton. They're trying to take away the keys, essentially. They got it locked up right now, which is ridiculous in its own right. But you can't even play lacrosse in there right now. So I think they got a big town hall going on. This is on my Facebook if you want to check this out. But 
Things just get weirder and weirder, Brad. Now I see this. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago in Delta, Brad. A million dollars going towards a a covered box in Delta. But it sounds like this is going to be like a multi-purpose, multi-use facility as well. The one in Ladner you're talking about? Or the one... Well, yeah, I, but it sounds like it's going to be dedicated as a lacrosse box. So I imagine, okay, like I, I'm picture, I don't know, in, I'm picturing that there might be a basketball hoop in there, but like I don't think you're gonna have people playing basketball while you know the junior bees are trying to practice on a Thursday night. Like, no, I think you'd be at any time, like we just we would just bully people out of the box. Like if we showed up to a box and there's guys playing street hockey or whatever in there, and we show up with our sticks, like we just start whipping balls around. Oh, yeah, it yeah. cleared out pretty quick. They start hearing that those balls against the wall. PLL weekend went down in Atlanta this weekend, Brad. I happened to check out all five games. Uh, not a lot of fans there in Atlanta, which was really hot, and apparently a big youth tournament going on at the same time. And I don't know if that had a factor to to the attendance numbers there, but good action over the weekend in Atlanta's PLL. I mean, the broadcasts are incredible. But I've, I have had a lot of Canadian listeners, viewers, asking me how to watch the PLL in Canada. And I wanted to put this out there. you got to make sure, well, I mean, the easiest way to do it is download the NBC Sports Gold app. NBC Sports Gold app. You sign up. Uh, I think it's like 40 bucks, 50 bucks, something like that. For the U.S. And I got paid in Canadian, it's like 50 bucks Canadian for every game all year. There you go. And then you have to, and if you want to watch on your computer, you have to make sure you go to NBC Sports Gold slash international because you'll keep getting redirected back to the American site. So unless you put in that international you're not going to see those games available to you. So that's the key to watching PLL up in Canada. Make sure you're on NBC Sports Gold slash international, and you should be fine. From there, Junior B here in BC looks like it's going to go, Brad. Junior A looks like it's going to go, and the XLL looks like it's going to go as well. I know we kind of gave a bit of an update on this. We're looking at like early July start, just a couple of weeks away from now. We're going to be playing lacrosse again in BC as uh, health orders, restrictions getting lifted. We're getting closer to normalcy once again. And it looks like we're going to have some lacrosse here. Junior A, Junior B, and XLL, little senior lacrosse going on as well. I'm, I'm Man, am I fired up about this. Yeah, phase two. So 65% of the British Columbia population that's been eligible um, have got their first dose. And that means indoor team games for all ages, no spectators, and spectators for outdoor sports up to 50 people. So um, hopefully that means broadcasts coming for me mm. from, from Junior A and XLL and Junior B. But boys are fired up to get back on the floor. And I'm hearing, you know, from what you said last week and, and talking to other people, like this XLL season is going to be nutty with guys trying to get in shape and, uh, and get ready to go. Like, you're, what, you're having tiers and divisions. Yeah, yeah. link uh, check, of, Extreme Lacrosse of, League uh, on social media, Extreme Lacrosse League on Instagram and Twitter. I got it up on Facebook as well. If you want to sign up, there's a Google Doc. Register. I think it's like three quarters full already. So don't uh, don't delay. If you want to play some lacrosse this summer, make sure you sign up. Find that document. Extreme Lacrosse League at Extreme Threads. My timeline as well. You can find it. Uh, if you can't, get at me and I'll help you. 
Brad, we didn't even do signings. I forgot signings. I got two more quick sticks. We'll save the signings for last year. But uh, NLL, it's Indigenous Month here, Indigenous History Month. And we saw Lyle wearing the orange hair tie and his braid. And he had a, a fabulous post on Instagram why he was doing that. And I shared that. Tons of players and everybody was sharing that. And, I mean, Lyle is so Lyle. Like, he didn't say anything about it. He just did it. And then after it was done, then he kind of said, like, this is why I did it. And that's typical Lyle Thompson. But. I, I noticed I don't think they ever mentioned on the broadcast, which was a little unfortunate, but good on Lyle Thompson, who continues to lead the charge on educating people on indigenous culture. I love to see it. And, and the call to action there too is not you know Lyle doesn't have to, Lyle is bringing awareness. He doesn't have to educate you. You got to educate yourself yes. to go get that. You know, yes. Go get that homework homework done. But he's he's pointing you in the right direction. Great point. So the NLL is going to uh, do some pop up artists here. Highlights include the launch of an art initiative, three standout Indigenous pop artists, and a player discussion with Georgia Swarms. Randy Stotts, uh, well, <laughs> we don't know if he's Georgia Swarms, Randy Stotts, right now, but Randy is going to lead that charge. Um, Tawani Joseph, Yule Baker, a couple of BC Squamish Nation boys in on this as well. I've, this is a great initiative by the league. So well done to them, and I really kind of look forward to seeing how they roll all that out. Last quick stick I have here, NLL 35 moments. Can't forget about this, Brad. On January the 5th, 2019, when Matthew Vince surpassed Anthony Cosmo for the most saves in NLL history versus Rochester, allowing four goals on 59 shots for a 932 save percentage. Vince is the only player with 8,000-plus career saves currently sitting at 82 99 uh man best like i've heard watson for me right now brad i think is the best nll goaltender of all time but i think as soon as vino retires he takes over that moniker yeah you know i i think he already does in in probably one and one and done game a lot of people say they want championship so what's he got six got a few more but but it's tougher to tougher to win them now. You can't not say Matt Vince is not the greatest goaltender of all time. I'm not. So already, yeah. Remember when we were doing Atma, Brad? His, uh, yeah, and his playoff, um, his playoff numbers playoff. just as inclusive, if not more. He's also like has all the goaltending playoff records there too. And no surprise, three you know, three rings, and has been there a couple more times as well. Yeah, just uh, crazy. Anthony Cosmo hasn't been nominated for the if if vino passed cause for the nll lead in saves don't you think cosmo should probably list <laughs> somewhere as far as goalies go i don't know uh i don't think he ever got a championship maybe that's what's keeping no and not that well that was the biggest um thing when you look at anthony cosmo's career people yeah. said he never wanted one well, never want to go you want to think you want to back up in toronto maybe lots of matters never want to never want to ring as a starter so there's hmm. a bit always a bit of a, a dash next to anthony cosmo. But i think you'll, you'll see him on the hall of fame ballot down the road yeah lots of goalies in the hall already too uh I know that Union would like to have some more, but uh, time will tell. All right, Brad, uh, let's round out quick sticks here with some signings. And uh, you can just stop me if, if you need to or if you want to as I roll through here. Nothing for Albany. Uh, Sturros gets one year for Buffalo. Kells, Matsuoka, and Hayden Dixon get a year for the Roughnecks. 
Colorado, Connor Robinson, Brett Craig, Warren Jeffrey get a year. Tyler Digby gets two years. Nothing for Georgia, nothing for Halifax. Uh, the Riptide, Sundown, Tate, and Borgatti, three-year deals. Jeff Tate signs with the Riptide. We were kind of wondering what was taking so long for Jeff Tate to sign a contract with New York. Well, he's done it two years along with Orleman as well. So good news there for the Riptide. Put your conspiracy theories to bed. He's not putting on a cowboy hat. He's not going to Fort Worth anytime soon. Jeff Tate will... Looking like right now he will dress for the Riptide. And I know, like, there was a lot of speculation. Would he Would he hold out? But, you know, maybe the kid was just trying to finish school. Maybe. There was people were wondering why he wasn't going to transfer out of out of Cornell at the end of the, when they canceled the Ivy League. But he yeah. said he wanted to graduate with a Cornell degree, and that was super important to him. So maybe just focusing on the books before he uh, did any paperwork with the New York Riptide. But I can't wait to see him oh, man. in the National Lacrosse League. Conspiracy theories can go away now. There you go. Uh, Subak and Kit get a year. Higgy, Tendy Bear, three years for Philadelphia. Nothing for PLC. Highfield, Willman, Hartley, Wendy. So Hartley and Wendy locked up. Rochester's guys, goal goaltenders. Maybe one of those guys gets selected. Only could protect one. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, Keenan Courier get three years in Saskatchewan. Help gets two years. Garland and Murphy get one year for the Saskatchewan Rush. The Seals, Tinney, Clellan get a year. Jake Carlson gets two years. Nothing for Toronto. Nothing for Vancouver this week. That's all your Pretty signings. Pretty cool that Warren Jeffrey and. Well, I'm sorry, I'm just drawing a blank. Pretty special that <laughs> Warren Jeffrey. Okay. Oh my God, we're gonna have to edit this out. We're gonna have to take that. <laughs> I'm not editing anything out. I'm just gonna pretty let you, special. Let you hang pretty special that Warren Jeffrey and Holden Garland both signed this week. Are both starters in the PLL? Like, yeah, yeah we know that Canadians can play attack, um, but they can also start at long pole in PLL and be essentially a top three times eight, top 25, 24 defender on earth. Yeah. Um, that's pretty special. So well, how about Ian McKay, too? Like, he was playing offensive midi. Two with a pole this weekend. Two two-pointers, yeah. I think he had this weekend. So, yeah, like, uh, versatile as it gets, Ian McKay, friend of the program. Not a big deal. All right, Brad, I think uh, quick sticks are done. Are you good on quick sticks? Wrap it up. All right, final frame coming up here on 136 Lax Class. Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network back after this. Hey, this is Kevin Crowley from the Philadelphia Wings. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box cross. Lax Class into the fourth and final frame. No more breaks here on the program. Got to let you know before we get to our Stampede Stallion of the week. Uh, follow us on social media. I am at PXP for sports. PXP, the number four sports. Brad is at Brad Shell. The show is on Instagram at Lacrosse Classified. Twitter, it is at Lax Class. We've got a Facebook page. we got an email as well. LacrosseClassified at gmail.com is the email. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast. Put down a review as well. That helps our engagements. It helps our listenership. It helps the podcast grow. So subscribe and then just throw down a review. Like, hey, I really love the show. Or, hey, I wish they would talk more about this. Or, hey, those guys are idiots. I don't care what you put down. Just a little review there will will help the cause one way 
or another. Brad, uh, we're into the fourth quarter. That Stampede Stallion of the Week time. Let's head for the stables. <laughs> We've reached the Stampede Tack in Western Wear Stables here, where we are about to name another member of the Stampede Stallion of the Week Club. Brad, it's your selection this week. We're going north. We're going north. Uh, north from where we are here in British Columbia, Canada. After about 12 hours north of Prince George, B.C. The pride of Prince Big George. Big Mo, Jeff Molesky. And this is going to be kind of inspired by Pat McCready, who mm. just sort of referenced guys driving three hours to home games. Jeff Molesky used to drive like 15 hours to home <laughs> games when he lived in Prince George and drove to to Everett and drove to Calgary, drove to Vancouver. I don't know if he was not a fan no, of No, he did take a flight every now and then. He didn't drive every time. But, but he was kind of right in the middle of Calgary and, and Vancouver as well, right? Yeah. So it's one but direction. quite often would drive to home games wherever uh, yeah. wherever he was. You know, like maybe John bring Madden. the family down. Yeah. But, like, that's up there. And this is just shy of 200 games. So we talk about a lot of these stallions hit that 200 threshold and you're cruising, right? 176. I think Big Mo called it called it a career a little bit early. Probably. 30, 34 years old in, in 2016. But 176 uh, split between Calgary, Washington, and Vancouver. Championship Again, like in there. Oh nine. Championship right? in there. Yeah. No. No. It didn't win it with um, Calgary. Oh nine. Never. Never won it with Calgary. Oh nine. Yeah. I'll give you that. Okay. I'll give you that. Yeah, you're right. And then Vancouver won it, and then Washington won it the year after that. So sorry, my timeline was confused. He didn't win it. I knew that he didn't win it with. No, he was in Calgary Washington. for 10. Yeah. He came the year later. Played in the Washington 2013 when they came up here, but. Uh, Fourth overall draft pick, and like this guy started off playing like junior C, junior B up in Prince George before he got his shot, and you know came in the league and surprised a lot of people, and was one of the toughest, oh, most rugged man. players in the league for the that's, part of a decade. That's funny you use the word rugged, Brad. That's exactly what I put in in the summary that I kind of post up with the podcast each week. One of the most rugged defenders to ever patrol NLL turf. That's exactly solid. You did not want to get within cross-checking range of Big Mo. Honed his skills, chopping lumber up in the back 40 in, in Prince George. Like, this guy is an absolute ox. Man of, of very few words. Like, I don't know, Brad, what we were together in, in Stealthland for about five years, and, like, we, like, can we get Mo on the show? No, we can't get Mo. No, like there was no yeah there was no mo but man like feared i would say like i remember a night in colorado i can't remember somebody dirtied an offensive player and molesky took dan Coates to the woodshed and absolutely kicked the snot out of him i think i must have been Coates that took his head off but and, and good for Coatsy for answering the bell but my goodness like uh, there's some highlights of jeff molesky just doing work to people and just strong like so strong never gonna light up the the score sheet as a lot of our stallions uh would do but man he showed up every night and not a guy you wanted to match like if you're an offensive guy and he came down you saw number three sitting there you're like maybe i'll I'll pass the ball across the floor yeah yeah 100 percent. so welcome to the stable jeff molesky Absolutely, Big Mo. Welcome, indeed. Another member to the Stallion. Uh, we're going to have to, like, post up that list somewhere, Brad. I think you need to, like... <laughs> now, I'm drawing, now I'm drawing a blank. 
Yeah. I can copy and paste. Yeah, just put it up on Twitter. I want I want people to see the the list of stallions that we have. I think that's number thirty five so far on our list. So I, I think you should like just pop that up, put that on Twitter, let people see the the stable of stallions. You you down with that? Yep, deal. Speaking of stallions, uh, the Stampede Stallion of the Week brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Of course, the summer solstice is just around the corner, 21st, I believe that is. And that means you may want to make sure that you're ready to take on the sun head on. Pun intended. And by head on, we mean protecting yourself from the sun's UV rays with a great looking hat from Stampede Tack. Top brands such as Stetson, everybody knows Stetson, Bullhide, Bailey, and more. Whether it's for work or play, you'll find your hat at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. In Cloverdale, not in Port Coquitlam, that'll make sense to one person only. In Cloverdale, not Poco, since 1966, or online at stampede.ca. Where shopping online is still shopping local. It's hat season. Stampede Tack and Western Wear is your place to be. And that is going to wrap up episode, or Lax Class 136, if you will. A massive thank you goes out to Stampede Tack, the Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging for their continued support of the podcast. Please support our sponsors. That's how you keep this thing going. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to Pat McCready for stopping by the program as well. We'll be back next week, every week, right here on the Home Alax Glass and Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. For Brad Chellner, I've been Jake Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.